It's May 13th, 2020. Welcome to another edition, the new reality edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, of course, all you teachers out there, the summer and fall Altino trainings are going on, uh, and they're all online. Everything is listed on the PDE3 website if you have already have access to that. Organizers are waiving the $25 fee, so training is F-R-E-E, free. Classes are limited to 30 seats, but there's always uh, room because folks sometimes drop out. So you should go in and register to sign up and get Altino Train. You can go to oceanetfoundation.org to see the listing of all the trainings and then uh, that'll lead you to the PDE3 website. So you want to take advantage of that. And now I want to welcome to the show Peter Rowan from UH Ventures Accelerator, Kamu Enos from Purple Prize and New Futures Challenge, and Wayne Murphy from Hatch. And we're here to tell, talk to all of them about innovation and entrepreneurship and how that will play a significant role in helping to restart and reshape our post-COVID-19 world. Hey, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks for having us, Bert. Hey, Bert. Great. So what I'll start off with, and and since uh, the three of you sort of represent uh, three kind of different programs, uh, but they're sort of all interrelated because I, you know, I kind of view it as being pathways that people could take, uh, you know, if they're coming up with a new idea, they got a, you know, a startup in mind. And this is kind of UH's pathway to take innovations and actually turn them into to businesses. So first, I wanted to give each of you a chance to talk a little bit about your respective program. And, and we'll go ahead and start with uh, Peter with the uh, UH uh, Ventures Accelerator. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. Thanks so much, Bert. So UH Ventures Accelerator is a continuation of the accelerator program that UH has been running since 2014. It used to be called Accelerate UH. It's now called UHVA, and it's a 12-week program. We run two cohorts a year, and it's really the culmination of the program offered by PACE to help entrepreneurs commercialize and develop innovation and spin out innovation out of the UH system. Great. So uh, is is this a uh, a replacement to what was known as uh, Accelerate UH? Uh, It's. It's the same program. It's actually just a continuation of the same program. The, the, the big change is that the program is managed by the Pacific Asian Science, uh, Center for Entrepreneurship in partnership with, with the Office of Innovation and Commercialization. Mm-hmm. So that's the only change. Other, otherwise, you know, it's a modestly redesigned program, but the, the focus is the same, which is on commercializing technology and innovation developed across the 10 campuses within the university system. Great. So when is your, when is your next uh, uh, cohort kind of getting, getting off the ground? Right. So we just finished our first cohort under the PACE administration. Mm-hmm. We had a great group of five teams in the cohort. We had a nice showcase last Thursday online during the finals of the UH Ventures competition. And we're now recruiting for the fall cohort. Great, great. Well, you know, definitely if you want to send me uh, any information about uh, recruitment for the next cohort, send it to me and I'll, I'll definitely put, up, uh, put it up on our show notes uh, for later on. Uh, Kamu, Kamu, I want to talk to you about, uh, 
I know you've been heavily involved with Purple Prize. You know, we've had Alex on the show, Alec on the show, and uh, I know that's uh, part of uh, uh, your uh, brainchild. And then, but then, no, you're 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 in a new position. And I know I've, yeah. I've 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 talked to you about trying to come on the show and talk about your your position over at UH. Now, maybe you can uh, give us a little background on that, and then I want to talk to you about what this uh, new future futures challenge is. Yeah, well, thank you. It's always, always so awesome to be on the show with you, man. Um, so I am now currently uh, the director of the Office of Indigenous Innovation um, for UH. It sits within the Office of the Vice President of Research and Innovation, um, OVPRI. This position um, is new, and it's really a unique position in that it is founded by a coalition of community partners and partners within the university. So founding partners of um, this, of this position include Ma Organic Farms, where I was previously for the last 11 years as the director of <coughs> um, social enterprise, as well as um, Purple Maya, who are really, um, really running the Purple Prize, amongst many other programs at the seat of innovation and ancestry. Kumeme Schools is a founding partner, as well as um, Albie, Professor Albie Miles and University of West Oahu. And within university, I've been really lucky to have been working with Matt Lynch, who is the um, Director of Sustainability for the system. So with the support of Vice President Bustler Moskou, we decided to open this office up. And really quickly, your tagline is Ancestral Systems Deployed in Contemporary Communities and Contemporary Spaces, Solving for uh, Future Problems both global and local. And it's like to honor the fact that so many indigenous communities in Hawaii had systems that are now considered innovative, but back then were purely survival. They could live in place indefinitely and decrease abundant, calibrate between human needs and natural systems. And when we bring them back in contemporary times, it seems like magic and it's actually intentional. So we have 3,000 years of R&D tied to living in, in islands and Ahupua is a technology and all these things we've been saying. This is office to help to track resources to what's happening in community, but also support UHS such a vibrant network of faculty who now have dual fluencies, who are fluent in ancestral practice as well as fluent in hard sciences. And they almost always work with a community and a practice and a geography. So there's really a lot of interesting intersect of ancestry innovation, but creating prototypes that are really um, board-facing but ancestrally affirming and creating pathways for employment but meaningful education for our students in Hawaii, who to me are the most important people in the world. No, that's and great. <laughs> so so um, tell me a little bit about new fe- uh, futures yeah. because uh, new, uh, there's a kauna in new, and I, I want you to explain that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it, New with the K, and we, we borrowed this from one of my favorite people in the whole world, Manu, Professor Manu Meyer mm-hmm. at University of Hawaii West Oahu. And she's borrowed it from someone else who has to go back and source it. But this idea of new with the K means it's kind of tying into what I shared earlier. It's like, how do we leverage ancestors? How do we bring ancestral systems into contemporary spaces in an equitable but also um, in an equitable way, but also in a way that can scale opportunities for us to reclaim our economic engines in Hawaii. The 
the cohort itself or the new future challenge is something that um, is a flagship um, program for my office. It was something that was built as I arrived, and the thought leaders behind the new future challenge is Matt Lynch, the Office of Sustainability, and Alex Wagner at Pumaya. Uh, Basically, what it is is a challenge targeted specifically for UH students. Mm-hmm. The call is to come to this program. It's a nine to twelve week program. We just finished the nine week cohort. We're probably going to do a twelve week heading in um, for fall 2020, 21 COVID kind of pivoting around things. But it's basically asks the student who is interested at the intersect of technology and, and Aina and ancestry to bring an idea, and we help them prototype it. Um, and create an MVP over a course of 12 weeks. But also, we do some real deep things about how do you instill it with a deep ancestral ethic of, like, what you're creating is not about 10xing your profitability and splitting. Mm-hmm. What you're creating is how do you 10x impact, but how do you understand the genealogy of thought behind what you're creating so you don't act like you just created it yourself, but there's people who've done all this work that you get to be a vessel of what you have to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. So there's a cash prize awarded to this. Um, it's really open to all students, and there's a lot of benefits to applying. Um, you get coaching. You every every it's a Saturday class that you'll have a chance to be um, coached through the basics of um, prototyping ideas, but also providing some of these cultural framework to vet them to. You'll be provided opportunities to talk to community practitioners and have them inform your work but also get to work with folks who are in the tech sector and other spaces to create these dual fluencies. And there's a cash prize at the end. Um, this last cohort we gave away close to over thirteen, dollars to $15,000 in, in, in prizes to students from UH to create projects that range from using carbon sequestration, um, using uh, carbon credits to help grow ulu, um, plant, plant ulu trees on farms to... Um, yeah, a range of really neat things, and they're all up on our webpage. You can actually go on um, Purple Mind's webpage and find a link to Purple Prize and features and see some of the people. So, so Kamu, so is uh, Purple Prize and the New Futures Challenge, I mean, is the New Futures yeah. Challenge kind of the UH version yeah. of Purple Prize? The New Future Challenge for me, um, there's UH is both the choice, and we, you know, with all the people who we're talking today, really great opportunities for students to um, take ideas and turn them into prototypes, or take prototypes and scale them up. Mm-hmm. But I think this kind of exists at the headwater because it'll just it'll, it'll take anybody, and it provides a really strong coaching perspective. And hopefully, students who graduate from this have an opportunity to matriculate into Purple Prize, they can matriculate into your hat or um, UH Accelerator, or even things external to hopefully external to our. Um, university ecosystem to mana up or just the wealth of startups that um shut up accelerators that exist in Hawaii. Right. We right. try to we're like at the pole way. We catch them at the real beginning phase of this thing. We try to instill values or capacities within them. No, that's great and, and I love the Purple Prize and the and, and the uh, the projects that come out of Purple Prize uh, and the the thought and the evolution of the Purple Prize over the last, I don't know, four or five years has been really uh uh, I think a great testament to your your folks just deep thinking about uh, what you know what is that intersection between indigenous right. and and innovation and and modern you know modern technology. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I think it's a great program. Thank you, Brett. I appreciate that. Great. So um, Wayne, uh, you have uh, been 
anointed the the savior for aquaculture you know over in uh, uh i guess uh, based out of uh, Nelha on the on the big island and uh you've uh, i think had what a couple of cohorts already how is uh tell us a little bit about the program and and how do you see it uh, moving forward into the future sure um and once again Robert, thanks for the opportunity for uh joining your program it's almost a year now since we uh we came on your show to launch hatch um uh, in Hawaii, and, and since then we've had our first program. We ran it in August uh, at, in Nelha last year uh, for three months, and you know we managed to attract 13 companies from all around the world to Hawaii to uh, use their wonderful facilities and location at Nelha, which is what we term a playground for aquaculture. Um, and uh, we are a super successful cohort. Um, many of our companies have already raised money uh, and done. Uh, deals with with corporates and so forth, which is what what, what our intention was, um, and we we had an opportunity to spend uh, six weeks in Hawaii with our teams, um, and then we took them to our other hub in Norway, which is for aquaculture, a very mature ecosystem, um, and then the teams also then went on to to Singapore, uh, where ninety percent of the the world's global production of of aquaculture takes place right now. Um, but for those out there, and, the re- and my main reason really for sharing this with you is that we're now recruiting for our next program. Um, we have applications open until the 12th of, of June. Um, our next cohort is due to kick off at Nelha on the 17th of August this year. Uh, and we're looking for 10 new companies um, focused on aquaculture uh, technologies um, to join us on, the, on our next journey um, post-COVID-19. Um, and uh, we're excited about the potential specifically for for Hawaiian-based technologies um, because since the last time we spoke to Bert, we, we've managed to raise uh, an $8.5 million fund focused specifically on, on supporting and investing in uh, aquaculture, uh, and particularly aquaculture, and we're on the lookout for Hawaiian-based technologies um, with a view to you know taking them on on the tour around the world to showcase their, their, their talent and their technologies um, with a view to them scaling and, glo- uh, and exporting their, their, ta- their technology globally. You know, uh, Wayne, the, the whole idea of uh, Aquaculture Accelerator to me is, uh, is an obvious one. And of course, uh, you know, having an aquaculture industry in, in Hawaii would have been, in my mind, you know, sort of a no-brainer. Uh, but you know we've always had a seems seems like a challenge actually getting it from a uh, a fledgling you know industry to something that is uh, recognized worldwide and and now of course with the the whole COVID nineteen and everybody is trying to come up with ideas for a diversified economy I mean um, yours is probably one of the the key uh, accelerators that that is being looked at as being the one that perhaps those kinds of companies would start to foster some, you know, real business future here in Hawaii. Uh, do you, do you see some of that happening uh, with the companies coming through hatch? And, and I, I guess part of the question would be how quickly can they now actually build a thriving aquaculture industry in Hawaii? Sure. Well, I mean, post our last program, Bert, um, three of our companies decided to stay at Nelha uh, and build out their business there. Um, I mean, right now, aquaculture is the fastest growing food sector in the world. Um, and I think uh, the federal government, uh, there was a White House uh, directive, I think, a week or so ago, 10 days ago, uh, with a view. And they've, they've uh, 
ordained that aquaculture and fisheries is going to be a key area for development for, for the U.S. Uh, because 80, 90 percent of your total seafood uh, that you consume, uh, that the U.S. consumes, is imported. And yet in Hawaii, you've got probably the most pristine waters in the world. Um, and, you know, it's renowned worldwide for pathogen-free shrimp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think there's wonderful opportunities there with the kind of people and the connections and also, you know, the, the outlook and, and the, the willingness uh, by all there and that community to, to make Hawaii stand above and get above the noise out there. Because, honestly, um, worldwide, it's a, a unique location. And Nelha in particular uh, as I say, is, is a playground for aquaculturists. And we want to try and attract um, and build many, many amazing companies there um, in Hawaii to, to benefit everybody there. Well, the the spotlight is definitely on you, and, and I will uh, hope to interview some of the companies that are coming out of Hatch and, and talk to them about how, you know, they're kind of kick-starting the whole aquaculture industry here in Hawaii. You know, I do want to ha- ask, ask that same question of both uh, uh, Kamu and uh, Peter, so, uh, Peter, prepare for an answer, but you'll want to hold that thought because uh, we'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with Peter Rowan, Kamu Enos, and Wayne Murphy. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Shamanad University and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, we're talking to Peter, Peter Rowan, Kamu Enos and Wayne Murphy about innovating Hawaii's new economy. And <clears throat> right before the break, uh, Wayne was telling us about uh, Hatch and the aquaculture, the opportunity, I guess, to to really help create a uh, an aquaculture industry uh, here in, in Hawaii. And and I, I want to give the opportunity to uh, both Peter and Kamu about <clears throat> you know what they see as being promising areas that could perhaps foster a, a new economy uh, industry. So, Peter, you know, in terms of what um, uh, let's say UH accelerator or UH ventures accelerators and the companies that are coming out of there and and how uh, you are sort of nurturing what you view as being potential businesses. Uh, what is your what is your take on what might be identified as a as a potential um, you know business that could thrive here in Hawaii? Well, well, first of all, you know I want to clarify that UH ventures accelerator is open, you know, system-wide, not just to uh, faculty and staff and students, but also alumni. And so we cast a very wide net, so Mm -hmm. we aren't really looking at a specific sector. That said, in the current cohort, as it turned out, it was entirely coincidence, four out of the five companies were developing services that directly help with the current pandemic or help with the economic recovery. We had a telemedicine company. We had an online education delivery platform. We had a remote work software and a company making personal protective equipment. So, you know, I think we're doing innovation right now that will give us a fast start as we come out on the other side of this whole thing. And it really got me thinking about leveling the playing field in Hawaii you know, I've heard ever since I first came here about the disadvantages that we have of being geographically remote and so forth. But, you know, one way to think about this, and you can accuse me of seeing a silver lining in everything, but 
it really has leveled the playing field for workers in Hawaii. Everybody is working remote mm-hmm. everywhere mm-hmm. right now. And, you know, so right now, would you rather be remote working for the near and long term in Hawaii or somewhere else? I, I think the answer is Hawaii. And so there's no disadvantage anymore for workers necessarily who feel a big pressure that they have to go up to the mainland in order to pursue their career and so forth. And I think that's also true for Hawaii startups. I think this whole circumstance and the new normal, which will emerge, has you know can really lay, level the playing field for us as geography has become less and less important. No, I, I, I absolutely agree. In terms of the companies that you see or, or that you just described, I mean, uh, it's great that we can all you know work from Hawaii. Do you do you uh, recognize or do you identify any things that would uh, perhaps uh, need to be accomplished for them to be able to work here and still export their their uh, product or their knowledge? You know, to the rest of the world, what would what what obstacle needs to be overcome for that to actually happen? Well, I think all the all startups, all entrepreneurs need to think very carefully about what kind of strategic advantages they that they can hang on to, you know, as they build their business and face competition. One of the disadvantages that we have is, and I heard this from a former student, and I should give him credit for it, but. He suggested that we in Hawaii should be focusing on companies that aren't dependent on planes and boats. Mm-hmm. And, and that was his simple theme. And that's why I mentioned things like telemedicine and online education and technology platforms and so forth, because they're really not, as I said before, geographically dependent. And, and so that they, we can maintain an advantage, you know, while being very geographically remote because that doesn't matter anymore. Absolutely, and of course that uh, that's uh, music to my ears. Uh, given that I'm I'm the broadband guy, and uh, you know it's going to be all about the infrastructure that we have to uh, be able to deliver all of this. Now, uh, Kamua, you know, in terms of indigenous innovation. How do you see the work coming out of, let's say, uh, New Futures or Purple Prize kind of helping to frame Hawaii's new economy? Kamu, you there? Yeah, sorry, I was on mute. <laughs> um, remote, um, and my family in the background. Oh, um, no problem. But I think it's a really good question. I think there's several things that come to mind. Um, first is a lot of organizations, to be indigenous doesn't mean Hawaiian. Indigenous means people that have deep ties with a specific geography and the landscape and know it intimately and are able to bequeath. It's a point of continuity, as Professor Mamamara says quite often. But I think industries that foster connectivity and continuity tend to operate um, as industries that are non-bubble, like sustainable food. <laughs> like Those types of things mm-hmm. are, are going to mm-hmm. always be enduring. And they tend to be the hallmark of what indigenous innovation kind of focuses on, like, how are we how are we restoring our food systems? And I think another technology that's really important is the technology of community. How, what are the technologies that keep people connected and calibrated and working towards? And so that's where tech, food production, and connectivity and those types of things all have a really interesting place in this emerging uh, 
um, this emerging challenges of COVID is going to force isolation. And I think from that really helps us as heirs to people that live in isolated biosystems for hundreds, if not thousands of years, that makes the things that we knew how to thrive in that kind of closed loop system become more apparent, not just to embed in the outward facing businesses that we create, but the inner values that create any business. I think the most important thing Hawaii can be exporting is not just as businesses, it's the, people, the, the knowledge and the expertise of the people we're graduating now. I think this cohort of students that are in college now entering are going to be some of, they're our next greatest generation. And they're going to be the people that we have to create the space for to not tell them this is what you should do because this is what we did, because maybe what we did may be null and void at this point. Mm-hmm. But setting them up with this right the right tools, the right frameworks, and the right coaching to take all these things and make that new that new model, that new business that's going to be as appealing outside of Hawaii and help other people cope with their first isolation to be generative and abundant in those spaces and how we control that IP locally. I really feel like it's really hard to say what the future looks like, but I do believe if we invest in our local systems of continuity, of food and our community, and we invest in our next generation of students to be global thought leaders that can enact it locally, I think that's the best hope we can provide ourselves. Well, you know, I I totally agree. And I think all three of you are uh, in the business of wealth creation here in Hawaii. And I I, I, want to, you know, applaud your efforts. Now, Kamu, I mean, are there a couple of companies that came out of Purple Prize you want to mention? You know, I think every cohort, they have such a wonderful... um, such a wonderful group of people. I'd have to go back and really look at because I don't want anyone to <laughs> put you on the spot. Sorry. The rest of them mad. But I do think it's less about the businesses, but the networks that get involved with them. I think that may really stand out, like the networks that I tied fish farm practitioners to folks doing um, facial recognition, computing, and like machine learning stuff to like folks that are like putting um, like. Netflix in real time in Hawaiian language. And mm-hmm. there's all of these interesting ideas that come out that equally are as appealing to my ancestor, like bloodline stuff, and like my interest in what the future holds. They're, they're all awesome. I'm like to choose. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. So, so Wayne, in the last uh, minute or so, tell us uh, what is, uh, there's a program coming up on the 27th. Uh, maybe tell us a little bit about that program and, and, uh, you know, what people can expect and maybe even uh, sign up for. Sure. Um, uh, thanks, uh, Bert. We're, we're, our applications are closed on the 12th of, of June. Uh, we offer $130,000 to each company that we, we select. Um, and right now, we're, we're probably halfway through that, that process. Um, but our program, um, COVID permitting, um, is going to kick off, as I said, in, at Nelha. Um, and uh, we're really excited about that. And, you know, given the last cohort and, and you know, we've companies like Symbrosia who are now at Nelhano, which are uh, uh, cultivating seaweed to go into to cattle feed to reduce methane. And Minatech using, are using sonar to estimate biomass in global shrimp ponds around the world. Uh, and Kunla Agrosystems, a local Hawaiian company, are also producing feed supplements for, for salmon production and you know, we're, we're really excited about the next cohort that we're going to take on around alternative proteins, plant-based food. There's a, there's a whole plethora of different things. But a point I want to make is 50% of our last cohort 
had no aquaculture background at all. Well, so Wayne, Wayne, you know, we're going to have so to kind of kind of stop there, and then uh, I will sure. put the uh, link up to the actual, I think, uh, video conference that the, all of all three of you are going to be participating in. Of course, Peter Rowan is from UH Ventures Accelerator. Kamu Enos is from New Futures Challenge, and Wayne Murphy is from Hatch. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And, of course, thank you for listening to Bite Marsh Cafe. Join us next week when we will find out about Wi-Fi on Wheels. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on BiteMarksCafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at BiteMarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR 1 every Wednesday or via the HPR app. You stay awesome, and we'll see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.